are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Friday morning, almost afternoon edition. It is uh, October 19th. I'm not really quite sure what day it is uh, because I'm very tired from last night, but it's the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Rasek-Gunderson, editor at LeBron Wire for USA Today, former Blazer beat writer, and of course your host here on Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. It is a glorious Friday. The weekend is here. The NBA season is here. And the Blazers season is here. And what a way to start off the season for the Trail Blazers with what several people close to the team that have been with the team for a long time. Uh, Jason Quick even got uh, Bill Shonley, you know, to talk about it, saying that this was uh, the biggest home opener in Blazers history. Uh, and I think it was going to be that even before uh, everything happened with the passing uh, of Paul Allen. And uh, the energy last night was special. Uh, felt very, very blessed to be able to be there as the Blazers started off the season right by beating the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, you know, something – We've heard time and again, uh, especially in the regular season, Portland wins 128-119 at home against the Los Angeles Lakers in LeBron James's Lakers debut. Uh, Damian Lillard led the way, as always, with 28 points, four assists, and six rebounds. But Dame, uh, surprisingly enough, was not the story of the night for the Blazers for the most part. Obviously, he was the leader. He was the one who stepped up, hit some daggers late in the game to put the game away. And, you know, he really led the charge, but everyone after the game uh, was talking about the performance from one of the new guys, Nick Stauskas. Uh, Stauskas had 24 points in 27 minutes of action. He was 7 of 11 from the field. He scored 16 of those 24 in his first uh, run in the first half off the Blazers bench. And uh, the, the Lakers kind of just left him open early and then he rode that rhythm and he just kept shooting it and shooting it and shooting it. And, uh, they, they, they rode with Stauskas a lot last night. He was the guy off the bench who played the most minutes last night for the trailblazers and surprise, he even played more minutes in Al Farouk Aminu. So, uh, Stauskas with, uh, quite, uh, the performance off the bench last night, uh, and CJ McCollum, you know, rough shooting night, uh, for some of the game, at least from the, the field. He was three of six from three, uh, found some, uh, open threes, uh, in the corner and off screens. But for the most part, uh, he, he had a tough night. Brandon Ingram guarded him very well. Uh, you know, Ingram's about seven feet tall, long arms, was bothering CJ at times. And then, uh, you had Zach Collins with a monster game, six points, six blocks, six rebounds. And, uh, that is the type of stuff you love to see from Collins. He helped them close down the stretch. 
He got more minutes than Nurkic in the game, and I think that is something that we should be prepared to see and something that we even saw at times last season, uh, in the regular season especially, uh, against Oklahoma City. Uh, Collins finished that game. There were times in the playoffs where Collins was in at the ends of games. And, uh, you know, last year he was probably a little too young, but he, he's still really, really young now, and he's making a big impact. And I think uh, another thing that we saw – you know, that Stauskas really taps into and even Collins, even though he didn't make a three last night, is that the Blazers are going to shoot a lot more threes this year. And the difference between the way Portland was hunting threes and the way the Lakers were not exactly, you know, getting after the three point line and trying to find open threes. And also they don't have, you know, a ton of great shooters around LeBron James. Uh, it was really, it became a math problem. Portland was just shooting more valuable shots than the Lakers were. And, uh, Stauskas had a lot to do with that. He took more threes than anybody. He had eight three point attempts. Uh, and then you had Seth Curry who hit a three was, was getting open, didn't have a monster game, but played really well. He had a plus 18. Collins, as I mentioned, with the big game, a plus 24. And then Evan Turner, I think uh, this has been one of the, stu- the tougher things for the Blazers uh, is how do they get Turner to play well? How do they get his minutes to work? And I think we saw what the plan is. It's going to be Evan Turner. It's going to be four shooters. They're going to sit Dame and CJ at the same time a lot, I think. Uh, and I know that Stotts has normally – staggered those lineups but I think because what they've done in the past with Turner hasn't worked and they've got to figure out a way to make it work they're going with the look that they did last night and and it worked out really well Turner posted up against smaller guys he found open three-point shooters he finished with 13 points and six assists uh you know a really solid game that second unit the Blazers bench I mean people did not talk about that coming into the year. Nobody was saying, wow, the Blazers did a good job of filling out their bench and, you know, it's, it's game one. So, you know, who knows if that's actually going to continue, but it was a good start to the season for the Blazers last night. And I think it was really big for them to build on, you know, those moves because I think for the most part, the, the Blazers have been pretty maligned for, uh, their bench and their lack of depth. And it's mostly been true over the last couple of years. And this year they, they really added more guard depth. They really added three point shooting. And that was what they were going to look for. They were going to look for, for three pointers and, and they found it. And, you know, the, the, the Blazers were rewarded last night. Neil Shea was rewarded last night for, for his moves. And obviously it's early, but um, the feelings around the team last night that Portland was just playing a little bit more of a, a modern brand of basketball. And, and, and last year and two out of the last three years, Portland was really good when they were getting a lot of offensive rebounds and last night they did win the battle on the glass again. They did get offensive rebounds, but it wasn't Ed Davis going after the offensive rebounds. It was Aminu. It was Mo Harkless. It was, you know, a team. It wasn't just one guy going after offensive rebounds. And I think, uh, 
that's, I think, the big evolution in, in the Blazers here is that they're starting to play the game that uh, Houston plays, the game that Golden State plays, where they're going to get up more three-point shots and, and, and you, you know, they're not going to be trying to make it up via offensive rebounds, second chances, forcing turnovers. They're just going to try and get better shots, get better three-pointers. And last night, uh, it looked really good. They took 37 three-pointers. Last season, they averaged only 28 three-point attempts per game. So they got the pace up, which, uh, you know, that's also part of, partly, partly playing the Lakers, who like to play at a fast pace. But uh, I do think that Portland really made a concerted effort to get more three-pointers, to to find shooters, and credit to Portland's big men, I think, are the guys that really, I think, deserve credit for uh, a lot of those three-point looks. And we're going to talk about that in a second uh, after we take a quick break here on Lockdown Blazers after Portland's big season-opening win last night against LeBron James and Los Angeles. So, uh, as I mentioned before we went to break, uh, I, I just really wanted to, to give a, a major shout out, uh, for last night's performance to Portland's big men. And I think, uh, you know, without the way that they were able to play, especially, uh, Myers Leonard and Zach Collins off the bench, uh, they were able to read the defenses, find open shooters and make defense and make the Lakers defense pay on Thursday. And I think in the past, uh, you know, particularly for Myers, when you saw him offensively, it would be, okay, we're going to wait for him to shoot the three. They're going to close out on him and then he's going to have to give the ball up immediately and, 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 and just kind of get it out of his hands as quick as possible. But last night he was, he was rolling, he was finding space he was he was moving very well. He wasn't static in one spot, and then he made really good reads when he got the ball. Uh, and and he had one turnover where I think he got a little too carried away trying to be a distributor. And sometimes you know you're gonna have to take a shot uh, when you're in those situations or drive or do something, and, and you got to make quick decisions. And it was the one time he second guessed himself. Josh Hart got a steal, but. For the most part, uh, Myers in the pick and roll in his short time played really well. And I think Collins, too, um, who played way more, you know, he didn't get as many assists uh, as as Myers did in the game. But he moved the ball well in those situations. He found the advantages. He The Blazers found a lot of corner threes last night, which is, you know, something we're, we – you know, I mean, we've seen hit that and, and, and Harkless, but they were getting him in a lot of different places from a lot of different people. And that's the type of offense that Portland's trying to generate now, because last year, you know, they were in the bottom third of the league in three point rate. Uh, they really relied on offensive rebounds to get them second chances. And Portland's still going to play big men. They're not just, you know, they're not going away from big men, but they're asking their big men to do different things. And I think, and Davis, while he was very good, and he actually did a pretty good job making the reads uh, 
for the Blazers. I think, you know, all the other guys that are playing, Nurkic even attempted a three, are all just more threats to shoot uh, from the outside. And I think that, you know, at least thought in the defense's mind when defenses are closing out on them ends up leading to open shots for teammates. And uh, I, I liked what Myers did. I liked what Collins did out of the pick and roll. Nurkic also, you know, even if there weren't assists out of it, he made some nice plays. And even though he had overall uh, a pretty rough game, uh, he, he didn't do a great job uh, in terms of protecting the rim. He was a team low minus 17. The, the Lakers were finishing at him, around him. Uh, there wasn't really one time where he had a good uh, block and really deterred them. Uh, but it was a tough night, and it's just, you know, sometimes it's tough. I think JaVale is, is a very tough matchup for for Nurk just because he's so vertical and he's just a different type of center than we have in the league. There's not a lot of guys that are just – so committed to just jumping really high and really fast and, and, and dunk the way JaVale does, you know, DeAndre Jordan, I think comes to mind, but that's about it. And then, and then you got, uh, you know, LeBron James on the other team, which is just, you know, that, you know, that's just a, a difficult challenge in and of itself. And we saw Nurk have a lot of trouble with LeBron James when the Cavs were here last year, obviously he had that moment where he got dunked on, but I, I just like to say that I think overall, I think one of the things that I'm most impressed by from this Blazers team in the first game was the ball movement. The big men are moving the ball and it doesn't, you know, no one's getting stuck in the middle of the floor. The ball is getting in, getting out, uh, and, and the Blazers are moving it inside and out. And, and from the middle of the floor to the three point line, they're, they're finding ways to get open shots. And last year, uh, it was not like that. You know, Portland was a bottom 10 offense for a lot of the year. They weren't getting three point shots. They weren't moving the ball. Defenses weren't shifting and moving around and the creases weren't getting created and, and all these things that were really hampering Blazers offense that we come to kind of take for granted from Blazers offense weren't there anymore. And I, it was refreshing to see that, you know, a real commitment to the style of play that Terry Stotts wants to play. And it, it made it just more of a commitment from the Blazers on that end to move the ball, to get open shots. And uh, it was really fun to see that, fun to see that back. And Portland lost points in the paint. They, you know, lost in some categories that, you know, maybe you wouldn't want to lose like fast break points, but, uh, fast breaks are kind of like the only thing that the Lakers had going in this game. And I, you know, I think that some of those stats aren't, you know, as telling as they probably could be because the Lakers couldn't make any shots, uh, in the half court. They couldn't generate, uh, you know, high quality looks for their best shooters. And their half court offense was a lot of times doing a lot of stuff like Brandon Ingram isolations and, and Portland defended that well. There wasn't a whole lot of good half court offense. Whereas for the Blazers, you know, they ran the tempo up, but they were really committed to running their sets, committed to getting out in space. And, uh, another thing too, that it was kind of cool to see, uh, where I was sitting for this game because of how insane the media situation was. I was actually above the 300 level for this game in the auxiliary media seating. So I had a really good bird's eye view of what was going on 
from a very, you know, from right at half court, right above the floor. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting, and I think it's something to watch in the next couple of games, is, is watch how far Nick Stauskas steps behind the three-point line. And I think that's just something that Portland's never done before. And it's kind of a, a, you know, a thing that uh, the Rockets have done and where, you know, they've spaced the floor a little bit further out, but uh, Portland's doing that stuff now. And I think, you know, that's the kind of stuff where Portland's spacing the floor out. Then there's enough room for their big guys to make those three on five or three on four moves or four on three moves and hopefully get an open shot out of it. And, uh, again, Myers Leonard, Zach Collins, Nurkic, uh, all did a pretty, pretty good job passing out of those situations. And then I think Evan Turner, uh, you know, coming off picks when he wasn't getting trapped was doing an excellent job finding shooters and cutters as well. And so, uh, obviously it was the Lakers bench's first game. So, you know, you had to take that with a grain of salt, uh, you have to take it the fact that it's opening night and there's lots of emotions that aren't there on a nightly basis that aren't really replicable. So you got to take that into account. But when you take all of those things into account, uh, Portland's bench performed last night and, and the Evan Turner with four guys that are ready and willing to shoot threes looked like a good unit. Uh, Mo Harkless, even if he's on a minutes restriction was looking athletic out there, made some, made a block, had a nice tip in, uh, and, and, and generally played pretty well. So, uh, I'd like that. Obviously they got to be careful with his health and they can't rush him back. Obviously I think he's a better player than Jake Lehman, although Lehman, you know, had a three pointer and didn't play bad, but obviously didn't really play great either, uh, in the game. Uh, so I think they're just being very careful with Harkless right now because, I don't think there'd be any other reason why Lehman would be starting unless they're trying to be careful with Harkless's knee and, and, and try and be careful with his health. So, uh, I think, uh, we're going to take one last break and then we're going to look ahead to the game on Saturday against DeMar DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge and the San Antonio Spurs on Saturday. So, uh, it is, the end of this episode, we're going to have one last segment, and we're going to be looking ahead at uh, a team that we all know well, and a guy with a guy that we definitely know very well, and that is Lamarcus Aldridge and San Antonio Spurs are coming to the Moda Center on Saturday to face the Portland Trailblazers. They have had the last few days off after beating the Minnesota Timberwolves at home, one twelve one oh eight. Obviously, it was a win against a team that is in some, you know, emotional, you know, shambles kind of right now, at least with the kind of team vibes uh, for the, the Timberwolves. So it's maybe not surprising that the Spurs got a win, but it was, I think, what at least I expected from the Spurs was good basketball, a solid game plan. They got what you would expect them to get out of DeRozan. He had 28 points. LaMarcus Aldridge had a rough shooting night, but had a really good game, 21-19. And I think, you know, now the league's even smaller. Uh, guys like Aldridge are going to be able to rack up even more gaudy numbers like that. Uh, lots of rebounds, lots of points. 
And it was also kind of a weird night because the, the Timberwolves had Carl Anthony Towns only taking six shots and he's their best offensive player probably. But, uh, you know, sorry to digress, but, uh, the Spurs should be interesting. They've had a lot of injuries at point guard. DeJounte Murray, first team all defense is out for the year with a torn ACL. Then Derek White, the guy who was coming in to replace him, he went down for six to eight weeks. And so they've turned to Bryn Forbes, uh, I think a third year guard out of Michigan State to run the show. Uh, now that the, the top two guys are hurt or the, the two guys that they had in there hurt, they want to leave Patty Mills in his reserve role. And then they let Tony Parker walk to go to Charlotte in free agency. So, uh, it's, it's a different Spurs team, obviously, but not that different from last year considering they didn't have Kawhi Leonard last year. And basically they are just replaced the nothing that they got from Kawhi last year with DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. Pertl actually got the start for the Spurs, but did not play much. Pau Gasol played a lot of minutes, 22 minutes. Uh, Portland, I think their you know, biggest advantage in this matchup is going to be athleticism. It's going to be youth. It's going to be the ability to run. And, uh, you know, Portland has a lot of youth that has some experience. And, and, and then you look at the Spurs, which is, you know, mostly an older group, you know, exception of Pirtle, who's who's a pretty young guy, Davis Bertans, who's also pretty young, but the rest of this team, uh, and, and Forbes as well, but, but the rest of this team that's getting minutes for the Spurs are older guys. And it's not to say that they're not going to be in shape, that they're not ready to play NBA basketball, but looking at the way the Blazers played last night, where they're getting up a lot of threes, they're getting, they're making you cover out in space. I'm very interested to see how this kind of older, slower, bigger Spurs team fares against what the Blazers are going to do. And, uh, you know, I, I picked the Spurs to make the playoffs, but a lot of people, you know, see them bouncing out of the playoffs finally this year as, as you know, Manu Ginobili is gone and he's retired as well as Tony Parker's gone. So kind of all the last vestiges of the old Spurs, except for Popovich are gone. But, uh, I still think they're going to be a very respectable team, especially in the half court. They're going to run their stuff. Well, they're going to execute well, and they're going to make you uh guard for the whole shot clock and, and try and get you to make mistakes. And that's what they've done for 20 plus years and and that's what I think I, I would expect in Saturday night's game against the Blazers. So uh Portland's gonna have to be prepared. I think it's gonna be a very different style of play uh from what we saw last night against the Lakers where the Lakers were pushing the pace. I think the the overall pace uh estimate from NBA.com was 114 possessions, which is very, very, very high. Uh it's a very high pace. That's uh, a lot higher than what you expect. And the Spurs, on the other hand, they're going to slow it down. They're going to shoot in the mid-range. They're going to get DeRozan his looks. They're going to get LaMarcus his looks. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really just going to work their sets. And, and I think it's going to be a different type of game for the Blazers. So uh, I'm really excited to see how all the young guys and all the new guys respond to uh, the, the change in styles that we're going to see from last night to tomorrow night in in the matchup against the Spurs. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Blazers. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave us a review, and we'll be back with you after Saturday's game against San Antonio Spurs. So uh, 
was fun to be there last night. It was, it was, uh, you know, the atmosphere was great. It's too bad that Paul Allen wasn't there to see uh, such a great win that he probably would have loved, but, uh, it was, it was quite the atmosphere. The BLA chants were amazing. Uh, it just felt good to kind of have that Blazers Lakers rivalry back. And, uh, I, I'm looking forward to when they come back here in a couple of weeks, but, uh, the Spurs are next for the Trailblazers. So we will talk about them in our next episode. So have a great weekend, be safe, and we'll talk later.